Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of You Want to Watch, a movie podcast where I'll tell you whether or not that movie you're considering watching is worth it. My name is Gabby, and let's get into it. This week's episode is going to be a new-to-Netflix episode. Um, there's been two pretty big movies that recently came out on Netflix that lots of people have been talking about. They've both received lots of nominations this past week from the Golden Globes, and those two movies are The Irishman and Marriage Story. I've obviously watched both of these movies already. One I really, really enjoyed, really loved actually, and the other I thought was just okay, but we're going to talk about them both, talk about why I liked the one that I really liked and why I didn't care for the other, and we'll kind of talk to you about Twitter's reaction to both movies, the way people kind of reacted to their awards, different aspects of the movies, um, and we're just going to get into it. So let's start with, I guess, the one I liked less of the two. Um, we're just going to get started with The Irishman. Irishman is directed by Martin Scorsese and stars Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, all the sort of big name guys who kind of expected a Martin Scorsese film, especially one that's about crime and violence and drama and all those kinds of things. This movie first had a limited theater release starting at the beginning of November and then was released onto Netflix on November 27th, so right at Thanksgiving weekend when a lot of people had some time off to sit through a three and a half hour movie because The Irishman is a three and a half hour movie. It feels like it's three and a half hours. Don't let anyone tell you that it doesn't. I think some people were trying to say that it didn't feel that long. It absolutely feels that long. I'm not saying that's totally a bad thing. It's just if you think that that movie is not going to feel like you've been sitting there for three and a half hours then you were wrong. It will feel like you've been sitting there for three and a half hours. The premise of this movie is that Robert De Niro's character, whose name is Frank, is a truck driver who becomes a hitman um, involved with Joe Pesci's character, whose name is Russell, um, and his crime family. Um, and Frank ends up working part-time for Jimmy Hoffa, who's played by Al Pacino, and that's mainly the big sort of different set of events that this film follows. We really stay with Robert De Niro's character, Frank, um, throughout the entire time, and you get pieces from both Al Pacino and Joe Pesci and a whole other big cast of really notable names that I'm not going to go through and list off because I don't feel like it. To start with the positives, obviously it's well-directed. I'm not even going to be the one to start trying to say that Martin Scorsese isn't talented. Um, that would that would be entirely ridiculous of me to try and say. I love tons of Scorsese films, um, especially his last one right before this was Silence back in 2016, which funnily enough has Adam Driver in it. If you listen to last week's episode and about the other movie in this episode, there's a lot of Adam Driver around right now. You guys know how I feel about him at this point. So I definitely don't have anything against Martin Scorsese. I'm totally in on 80, 90% of his films. I just don't know why this one didn't work the way I wanted it to for myself. I think part of the reason that it maybe didn't work for me is as soon as it ended, my first immediate thought was, wow, I want to rewatch The Godfather. 
So that's not really exactly how I want to feel after finishing a movie is that I want to watch something that's very similar, but I'm feeling immediately like that's more my style, more my speed, more my taste. That That's what I'd rather have just rewatched instead, instead of watching this film that's new to me. So I think that being immediately my reaction kind of already put me like, ooh, maybe I didn't enjoy The Irishman as much as I could have. I think one thing that a lot of like quote unquote regular people like just regular Netflix viewers, regular people who aren't super into watching every big name director and big name actors movie is I think just the reaction to this is going to be that it's boring. Um, I don't think inherently that's a bad thing. Um, Actually, Netflix released some of its data information and so did Nielsen who also tracks how many people watch um, different movies and tv shows and sort of the demographics of them and Nielsen reported that the largest number of viewers to watch the movie in its entirety was on um, November 29th so like about two days after it had been released and that most of those people who watched it in its entirety Uh, were men ages 50 to 64. They made up 20%. And then they also made up um, 15% of viewership over the first five days that the movie was released. So clearly, Scorsese films, especially one about crime, mobs, and this kind of material have a certain demographic. And it's not me. It's not my friends. It's not a lot of people that I come in contact with. So I think for me to... for me to react and to also see a lot of other people that I know react to this movie with just saying like, yeah, maybe it it is good, but it's also boring. I think that is what a lot of people are going to take away from it that aren't super into Scorsese films. This isn't to say though that obviously there weren't a lot of people even my age, slightly older, that definitely enjoyed this movie. I did see a lot of tweets right that first weekend talking about people calling it a masterpiece the performances in it are definitely ones that are being heralded and I don't think that I can find really anything technically wrong that I do really think that De Niro did a good job like Pacino did a good job Pesci's amazing I definitely think that some of these guys are worthy of getting the awards that they've been nominated for. I'm not trying to take any of that away from them. I mean, I, I literally can't take any of that away from them. I don't have that sort of power. But I just don't know how long-lasting like this impact of this movie is going to have. And I don't really know how I feel, how it fits in sort of like 2019, the t- types of films that are being released. Like how is this making a dent and impact on filmmaking going forward. Like I really do think it's a nice like tap back and like let's remember the old times. Let's remember how movies used to be made. Let's remember these kind of actors who we used to always see in movies. But I don't know if I walked away from it feeling any sort of way about the future, which I guess is not Scorsese's. It's if that's not what he wanted to do and that's not what he wanted to do and he doesn't have to do it. But that is just how I'm going to then be left feeling after watching it to touch back on the length of the movie like again I said it's about three and a half hours long and there was a very very nice man on Twitter his name's Alexander I will link his tweet in the description for this episode but he created a viewing guide for everyone who thinks the Irishman is too damn long for one night 
you're welcome, his words exactly. And he broke this movie up into a mini series into four different episodes. And I actually really think this is genius. And I kind of wish I maybe had seen this before I watched it just to see how it would have felt. Because looking at it after having watched the movie, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I think that actually could have been really helpful. I've told some people that I would suggest them using that, except with the edit for me he has it broken up into four episodes i would say to do where what he classifies as episode one by itself episode two by itself and then i would set aside about two hours to watch episodes three and four together because the back half of this movie actually is like one of the best things i've seen this year technically from like a technical standpoint from the way it looks from the way it feels the way it's directed from the way it's acted i really do think it's special i just am bummed out that there's like a whole like hour and 45 minutes in front of it that i had to sit through to get to the back half of the movie so while there are some film purists and some lots of people on twitter who will say this is not the way to watch a movie. Netflix is ruining movies because you're allowed to look at them on your phone. You can choose to stop where you want to stop. Um, it's your life. It's 2019. Do what you want. If you want to break up The Irishman into four parts, do it. If you want to break up The Irishman into 16 parts, I really don't care if that's how you're going to get through it. And if you enjoy doing it that way, then go for it. I, th- I mean, I think if you need to break it up that much, maybe just don't watch it. It's not going to change your life if you don't watch it. So... Do what you want. If you need to break it up, do it. If you want to watch the whole movie all together, then do it. Do what you feel like. The way Twitter reacted to both this movie and also Marriage Story, which I want to touch on when I get to that movie a little later, um, I think it's just so interesting that Netflix has to not only try and like market their movie in a way that gets people to watch it, but like at the very same time you have people that are both trying to help you by pointing good things about movies out that people are also then able to take and be like, ooh, that looks awful. I'm totally not watching that movie because of that one scene. So it was just funny having seen this movie already, then having people like put gifts up from it and laughing and sort of making jokes when like anything can be funny, take it out of context, anything can be anything you want when you take it out of context. So it's actually kind of interesting to see how how whether or not it will change the way Netflix movies get perceived in the future. They've already had a hard enough time making sure that their movies can get nominated by like the Oscars and the Golden Globes because they're not traditionally releasing them in theaters. Like they had some problems I think with the Irishman trying to get it in as many theaters as possible without doing a full theatrical run. Um, So it'll just be interesting to see if the seriousness of the way the industry works continues to change and work in Netflix's favor. I think the best way to sum up whether or not you are thinking about watching The Irishman and if I think you should or not is if you already aren't excited about the premise of the movie if seeing a mobster type movie doesn't excite you and you're not interested in seeing any of the actors in this movie then I think already just don't do it like nothing is worth spending three and a half hours of your time on if you already know like there's no baseline level of interest um but if you do like Scorsese films if you do want to see some more De Niro some Pacino some Pesci and see them do a really good job then I think maybe it's worth 
looking at the way that Alexander broke it into a mini series and just seeing if you want to start there, watch 49 minutes of it to start and see if you want to keep finishing it. But honestly, this one's up to y'all. I want you guys to tell me whether or not you're interested in watching this, whether you have watched it or not, what your thoughts were. Did you find it boring? Did you find it exciting? Did you have a really good time? I'd actually be really interested in talking with somebody who like truly loved this movie just to see maybe your perspective on it. Because like I said, I just, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was bad. I actually think I even gave it four stars on Letterboxd, which in hindsight, I probably should bump that down to three and a half just because of the way I feel sort of underwhelmed by the whole experience. But I don't think it was a bad movie. I just... It just was a movie that I watched over Thanksgiving weekend. And that's about it. Now let's move on to the Netflix release that I've really enjoyed, which is Marriage Story, directed by Noah Baumbach. This movie most notably stars Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, and Laura Dern and Ray Liotta in supporting roles. And it follows... Adam Driver's character Charlie and Scarlett Johansson's character Nicole as they are going through their divorce between the cities of New York and Los Angeles. And that already right there like had me sold when I first found out about this movie, who was in the cast, who was directing it, and what it was about. I was already sold. I'm all for very tense, dramatic, character-driven stories where you know you're going to be in a lot of just scenes with two people talking to each other out of this sort of anger and hurt and loss. Um, I really love Blue Valentine uh, that had Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. I, like when I was younger, I watched Revolutionary Road, which had Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio in it a lot. And I don't know what it is about like movies where marriages are breaking down that I enjoy. I think I really just do like being sad. Um, if you didn't already know that about me, I do enjoy watching things that make me sad. Like I like being made to feel that sort of emotion, whether it's easy for it to happen for me or if it's not. Um, I just really like being sort of taken on that sort of journey by a director, by a cast and feeling moved by it. So I was definitely already in on this movie. It had a limited theatrical release exactly like The Irishman before it was released on streaming. It started showing in theaters around November 6th and then Netflix released it on streaming on December 6th, which is a little less than a week ago of when I am recording this episode. So it hasn't been out for that long, but I definitely Wanted to get my thoughts in while they were still fresh and just let you know if you should watch this movie or not. I think right from the beginning, the way you're introduced to the two main characters is definitely a win for Marriage Story. Just because even though you already know that this is a story about their divorce, you also are invited into seeing sort of the reasons why they love each other. Like the the very opening scenes is them having to write these letters that they're supposed to talk about in therapy to work through their relationship about why they love each other. And as the viewer, their letters are intercut with scenes from the past where they're exactly showing what the other is describing about them. And you see the sort of love and the way they are and how their relationship used to be. And I just think 
there's always something so beautiful about flashback scenes that are done in that way that you still feel like it's happening right at the moment in the movie and you think maybe somehow we can get back to that but marriage story is very clear that that's not how the rest of the story is going to go this movie is very clearly about their divorce and I think Noah Baumbach's decision to lean really far into that and to just straight this is how this couple is breaking up and this is how they're going to handle it is definitely one of the biggest strengths of the movie obviously this movie really relies on the performances from the two lead actors and both Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson definitely deliver some career best performances in my opinion um the Golden Globe nominations that were just released Marriage Story has received a leading six of them including best motion picture drama as well as nominations for both Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver They both have their own very strong moments throughout the movie, but there's clearly one scene uh, between the two of them when their characters have been trying to go through these divorce proceedings. They both get lawyers when they didn't agree to, and we're going to get to Ray Liotta and Laura Dern as their lawyers. Those were both great performances as well, but to stay with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver for now, um, obviously the scene where it's sort of coming to a head and they decide that they need to talk and they're in Charlie's apartment and Nicole is trying to talk to him and it sort of all kind of blows up. And it's a scene that Twitter has sort of taken and made some jokes about, obviously, because again, as I said earlier, like everything can be taken out of context to be funny and to be whatever you want it to be. And that tweet, um, And I think maybe it does seem very dramatic out of context. The way they are speaking to each other seems a bit over the top. But if you put it in context in the movie, it really is that like boiling point. They're breaking. They've had it with each other at this point. And now they're just letting it out. And it it really felt authentic. Like Scarlett Johansson screaming and Adam Driver reacting in that way, especially when he starts crying. I just... I was really like taken aback and if I had wanted to pause the movie like that's where I would have paused it just to sort of sit with that moment because I do really feel that that was it was a very powerful scene I think they were probably nominated for their best actor noms just straight off of that scene because it's that good to speak on Laura Dern's performance as Nicole's lawyer I mean, I already think Laura Dern can do no wrong and every single choice she made here was great. I mean, I mean, the costuming they put her in, the choices that she made, the way she delivers her lines. She's sort of this very important figure for Nicole, the sort of one that's telling her what to do, leading her through this difficult process. And she just feels so like slightly unhinged while also being very put together all at the same time and she has all the right answers and she has the speeches and her analogies like the god analogy when she's talking about like jesus and mary magdalene it's it's just all so good i can't imagine anyone else playing that role honestly i feel the same about ray Liotta as charlie's hard-ass sort of lawyer that he just the choices also that he made to just sort of be the very epitome of like a man in a courtroom being that sort of annoying like well you're a client and you're a client like it was just so well done the supporting cast for this was just as great as the leads 
I definitely think that this movie is worth giving some time if you're looking for something to watch, especially on Netflix. Um, I mean, obviously, with everything, some people are going to like it and some people aren't. But I think this one's worth giving a shot for yourself just to see how you feel about it. I think that it's a story a lot of people can connect with, even if they don't have any sort of similar life experiences, but that it's the story's told in a way that you can still feel somewhat close to these characters connected to these characters and still care about how their story is going to be told and how it ends so i would highly suggest that anyone that's interested in thinking about watching marriage story to go ahead and give it a go if you weren't interested in watching it before you listen to me talk about it then i hope you are now interested and you give it a watch and then please let me know if you felt the same ways as me or if you hated it maybe don't tell me i don't know how well i'll take that if you didn't like it, talk about it on Letterboxd. Don't talk about it to me. Something I want to do in these podcast episodes going forward is I also want to give maybe just some recommendations of some other things that I've watched and I'm not going to do full reviews on or just even things that I'm excited that are coming up that I'm looking forward to watch that maybe if you haven't heard of, you can also put that on your radar um, just in case any movies that I do full reviews of you've already seen or you already know that you're not interested in so that you still take away something from each of these episodes. So I do want to touch on a few things that have come out on Netflix that are new or things that they've just recently added and things that are upcoming that I have either watched or will be watching. Within the last week, I watched a movie called Sweet Virginia, which is not new as in a new movie, but it is new to Netflix and it stars John Bernthal, who I'm a really big fan of. And I think he does a good job um, in basically anything that he ever touches. Um, So that's something worth watching if you do also like John Bernthal and you want sort of a sort of a mystery, but also just sort of a, um, a story about this small town and how the people in this town are reacting to each other in the wake of a tragedy. And there's a little, like I said, there's a little bit of mystery, but honestly, just watch it for John Bernthal and also Imogen Poots in it, who I'm a big fan of. So if you like either of those two actors, maybe give that a shot. It's not very long, so it wouldn't be too bad if you watched it and you didn't totally love it because you're not spending a bunch of your time on it. Netflix also just recently re-added End of Watch back on. End of Watch is a Jake Gyllenhaal movie that also stars Michael Pena. Um, And it's on, it's again, it's a movie that makes me sad when I watch it. I cry every single time. There's, it's about, they play two cops um, who are going on their patrol in Los Angeles. And I mean, just right there, there's obviously a big place for, violence to happen, bad things to happen, and happen they do. If you, for some reason, have never seen End of Watch, um, it's one of Jake Gyllenhaal's best performances. And every time he does something great and he doesn't get awards for it, I get mad. Nothing's changed on this one. So if for some reason you've never watched that, give that a shot. Another Michael Pena movie that also has recently been added back to Netflix is War on Everyone that also stars Alexander Skarsgård and Tessa Thompson and that cast right there. If that doesn't already excite you, I don't really know what to tell you what will. Alexander Skarsgård's incredibly talented. We all love Tessa Thompson. 
that one's a really fun ride. So give that one a shot if you're looking for something to watch. If you need any Christmas movie recommendations, honestly, I'm not the best person to ask, but I watched The Night Before Christmas, which is Vanessa Hudgens' new Christmas movie. And honestly, she can own Christmas movies at this point. It was very cute. It was very sweet. The lead male in that movie is very endearing. He makes me want to smile. He makes me care about Christmas. So if you're trying to get in the Christmas spirit, Christmas is not too far from us right now. So if you need to get in the spirit, I'd give that a shot too. A movie that's upcoming that I'm excited to see, um, depending on when this episode goes live, it either will be coming out or it is out as of probably today, um, December 13th, Six Underground will be released onto Netflix, which is Ryan Reynolds' new I don't know, sort of blockbuster action filled movie. I really don't know what it's about other than it looks like there's like some car chases and some explosions and Ryan Reynolds and that's enough for me. I'll I'll give it a shot. If you guys want a review on that, I'm probably down to do it, especially if I sort of hate it and it makes me laugh and I have lots of things to say. It might be a really fun episode to do because Ryan Reynolds is ridiculous and I'd enjoy making fun of him in an episode not a movie recommendation, but a TV show that I've been excited about for over a year. Finally has a release date. The Witcher starring Henry Cavill is out on December 20th. I am planning on taking that entire day to watch the show from start to finish. I'm going to come home from Star Wars Thursday after midnight, and then I will start The Witcher, and I'm not going to stop and watch anything else until I'm finished with it. I have missed watching things with Henry Cavill in it. They need to figure out how to get him to still be Superman because I love his Superman. I love his acting. I love him. And I'm really excited for this new show. I hate that they keep comparing it to Game of Thrones, but I digress. It's fine, I guess. We'll we'll keep it pushing. We'll move on because I'm going to watch this show. I'm not going to compare it to Game of Thrones and I'm hopefully going to have a good time. So that's something else I will be spending some time doing. I'll have to take a little bit of a break from some movies to get through that, but that's okay. I'm planning on doing it in the span of like two days and then I can get back to some movies. So those are the things that I have either recently watched or I think you should check out on Netflix. Also stuff I'm excited about. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys have been watching and what you're excited about. So feel free to let me know. You can tweet me, you can DM me on Instagram. That sounds kind of weird. Just let me know what you guys have been watching, what you're enjoying, and I'll catch you in next week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You Wanna Watch. You can find me on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as well as on Twitter at YWWpod and Instagram at You Wanna Watch.